you say momhood? Momhood. <gasps> Funny. Hi, Brandy. <laughs> Hi, Orly. This is so good. I'm obsessed with the fact that right now you've got like a leopard cami, like hair, wet hair, and you're in your closet. This is a very sexual experience. <laughs> oh my God, except the bra straps are really annoying me, but after I'm done, I'm going to change into something different. Yeah, I'm in my closet because the kids are downstairs. It's early. And um, I figured this was like the best place to record audio is in my closet. <laughs> Smart. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm feeling it. Plus the visual is really satisfying. <laughs> oh my god it's been forever i feel like we have not done a just us episode in a I while i know you're so right it really does feel like it's been forever we've had some amazing guests last week by the way brandy that episode is gonna be one of our highest ever with maria if you guys didn't listen maria provenzano it's an amazing episode and it ends up becoming an episode really about loss and finding purpose and loss and so she said that She's been like, I've been crying all week because with every new message I get, DM I get, friend that comes out, like, holy cow. So, but it's nice. It's nice to do a little catch up one with you and I. Actually, one of our listeners who I adore, Megan, texted me to see how I was doing because she was getting so many messages from friends who have experienced loss, who have lost a baby or a child um, that didn't tell anyone or she was the only person that they told. They've been messaging her. And then she texted me to say, like, how are you doing? Because I'm sure momhood is getting the same messages. Like this yeah. episode is so big and um, it's something that affects one in four women. And I think anyone can relate to that, uh, whether you've experienced it or a girlfriend has. I mean, yeah, it, it's a tough episode and it's one definitely worth listening to and sharing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but today yeah. we're going to do a fun catch up. You were, you were like on a lake, you were paddle boarding, you were like having the freaking summer of your life. Trying to. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So Mr. A's family has a lake house in Big Bear and they've had it for like 22 years or something. And I, it is just the best place ever. It's right on the lake. They have all the toys and we have a blast. And this was the first time that Millie was old enough to actually get on the sea do or get on the boat, go fishing. And we just went for it and oh it was so fun. But I think what's funny is the week before you were in Big Bear <laughs> doing like the exact same thing. And then the week before that, we were both celebrating our Leo birthdays. Yeah, I, I know, I know. We are too, too connected. It's so funny. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, Big Bear Lake is a town, you know, about two hours outside of uh, Los Angeles. And it's such a cool place because in the winter, it's, you know, super snowy and it's got all the, you know, snowboarding and skiing and chairlifts and the, the whole vibe of any kind Letting. of mountain. Oh, of a mountain town. And then in the summertime, it's got the lake. So it becomes a destination for those type of summer activities. But it's so close to LA that it's, um, and it's like, it's kind of like the town that time forgot. Like I grew up going there. My So we have family that owns a place on like a, like a hotel basically called Black Forest Lodge on Big Bear Boulevard. That's been there my whole life. And when we were kids, we used to go up. My sister and I would, went up one summer lived with my cousin. We helped like open the little shop because like, uh, you know, they had their lodge, but then they had this mm -hmm. little like shop that had like, you know, uh, ski rentals and bike rentals in the summer and all that kind of stuff. And we would work it. And then we'd go on the lake at night. They had a house on the lake and we like lived up there for like three weeks um, in the summer. And it, I mean, it's, so I have so many memories as a kid that now going as an adult, bringing my kids with your kids. And the fact that it's exactly the same, you know, it's like nothing has changed. Like the same, it looks the same. It feels the same. I mean, it's so stinking cute. But there's something so magical about it. And I remember when I was a little girl, I would watch those movies like Parent Trap, like all these <laughs> summer camp movies. And I always yeah. wondered like, what are places like that like? And then yeah. to now be going there and seeing all these cool things that my kids are going to be able to experience. It's the best. So, um, and it's great. Like you said, I mean, it's so close to LA. So you get a totally different environment and vibe. Was, just driving um, flowers. was Chris's whole family there too? Or was it just you guys? Um, most of his family. And so the place is large enough that we can socially distance and we were outside, you know, the whole time pretty much. So, uh, yeah, he's the oldest of five. So almost all the siblings were there. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. He has two Whoa. brothers and two sisters. 
a mom and dad. Yep. And one brother has a baby a couple months younger than Sonny. Oh, I know. So we were pregnant at the same time, his sister-in-law and I. Oh my yeah, gosh. It's the I best. love that. And, and his siblings are like, three of them are so much younger. So it, like just that young energy, they just graduated college. Like I love being around them and it's cool. You know, I have one sister now I have three more. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love that. Oh man. But, um, before we left for Big Bear, something big happened actually. And I only told my sister and my parents because I was just so embarrassed. Sonny, Sonny got really hurt and he could have gotten a lot more hurt because I'm an idiot. And okay, hold just, on with really the I'm an idiot. Up. We really screwed up. Um, I wanted to share with the podcast because I'm sure other moms have been there and I don't want what happened to us or worse for anyone to experience. Um, Gosh. Oh my God, what uh, happened? Okay, so couple days before we left for Big Bear, we're getting ready super early in the morning. I'm in the shower in our, you know, in our bedroom, bathroom. Mr. A is getting ready in the closet area. And then Millie's on the bed watching a show. And we put Sunny in like this playpen pack and play that we have that zips up. And it has like a covering on it. And he has his toys in there. And usually when I'm by myself, I actually put that thing in the bathroom. And I've talked about this before. Like when I was, you know, anytime I'm by myself, usually I put Sonny like in a chair or something or let him crawl around the bathroom because he just can't be trusted. But, you know, my three-year-old, you know, same thing. Like I just want to keep eyes on them. And so we're doing the best job we can. He's getting ready for work. I'm in the shower. I get out of the shower. I throw a towel on and I hear the loudest crash. Like I thought someone got in a car accident outside of our bedroom because what? it just sounded so loud glass and just the sound of something hitting really hard. And it's, and I, like in that split second, I'm like, Oh my God, was that that mirror? So just to rewind, I got this floor length mirror that I've been meaning to mount because it's just not that tall. And I was so bummed because I spent a decent amount on it for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've been wanting to mount and I was like, Oh, I just need to get around to it. I'll do it this weekend. You know, I'll have Mr. A do it because it's heavy. Um, and so I kind of put it like in the corner against the wall and it's heavy enough in your bedroom, um, in the bedroom. And okay. in that split second, I'm also thinking, well, Sonny's like locked up in his playpen. Millie, like I could have sworn I had just seen her leg. Cause again, I had just got in the shower. I wrapped my towel around and kind of glanced up the bathroom yeah. doors open. And so I'm just kind of like confused and I run out and I don't see Sunny anywhere. And what? the mirror has fallen on the ground. There is glass everywhere and it's not tempered glass. I mean, glass is everywhere. It is shards, it is pieces, it is chunks everywhere. It's all over my feet. I run over to the mirror, I pick it up and there's Sunny, he's under the mirror, face down. There is oh. glass in his hair. There is blood on his back. There is glass all over his body. His, the wrinkle, like the little folds of his elbow. Like I see glass. I just see glass all over him and, he, and he's just laying there. Chris is right there. I mean, so Chris's reaction is so confused. He's yelling at Millie. He's like, how did he get out of here? What happened? I'm like, there's no way that he climbed out. Like the dynamics of this thing, it just wouldn't work. But the zipper is zipped. And he's like, did you take him out of there? So, you know, Millie, oh did you know? Yeah, yeah, And just I'm just panic. like, okay, this is later. Like, thank God, this is just how I operate. I immediately pick him up and I'm standing there with glass in my feet. And I just start, you know, I pick him up. I flip him over. He seems okay. He's kind of crying, but not like oh, freaking God. out. And Chris is like, we have to take him to the hospital. We have to, I'm like, what is the hospital going to do? No one can help him right now. We have to help him. So I'm just examining to see if like any big injuries, any big lacerations, because there's blood. And we're like, where's the blood coming from? So there's, there's a cut on the back of his head um, at the bottom. And it seems like, it's, it seems, I don't want to say superficial because usually like those, those like small cuts, you know, like a finger, uh, yeah. Sometimes those don't stop bleeding, but it kind of is just like what's the word? Congratulated. Okay. Like you can already tell that it's not just like bleeding profusely, it's just like blood. Yeah. And it's just right there. 
Um, and so we stand there and we just start taking the glass up. So I yell to Chris, I'm like, go get my makeup brushes. I have like these makeup brushes in a um, tin and he grabs them and I just start brushing because I'm picking them up, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get cut. I don't like, then he grabs the tweezers. And so we're taking off and we're like, oh my God, he seems okay. So then we go to the bathroom over the sink. We make sure Millie's fine, which we have to constantly do as a reminder, just because our kids seem so grown up. We're like, stay in the bed. Don't move. We keep looking at her. She's curious. There's blood. There's uh, glass on the bed. I mean, it flew everywhere. My feet are still hurting because there's glass on my feet. And he's getting the tweezers and we're just trying to keep Sunny still and just taking this glass off. And I'm just like, I cannot believe I did this to my baby. Like, this is my fault. This is Chris's fault. This is 100% preventable. This is not his fault. This is not Millie's fault. This is something I did not create a safe space for my kid. And we spend two hours, two hours using tweezers. There is little pieces of glass all over his face, under his little chin rolls, but also like shards in his ear stuck to his shirt so then we get him undressed and under his clothing is more glass and like it's weird because a lot of it is like pressed into his skin almost like little prickers from a cactus yeah. but they didn't cut skin and I'm just like praying like thank god thank god he's okay I mean I can tell like Mr. A is so in shock like he's just like he was just it seemed like after he yelled at Millie and kind of freaked out he was just quiet and just like yeah yeah whatever I was doing And I'm like looking under his neck, looking in his eyes, like, oh my God, his eyes, his eyesight, like there's nothing. There's, there's pieces on his eyelid. I I could not believe how much glass this mirror rendered. Like it was like glitter and it was everywhere. And so then we put him in the bath and he's holding him over the bath and we're using water to get the rest because some of it was just like stuck and And there's like little pieces. And as I'm picking it out, like he's like crying, like he, you know, whimpers and then he stops. And I'm like, oh my God, the weight of the mirror. Like we haven't even addressed is there internal bleeding in his head. Did a bone break? Like he um, now has like a little bruise on his arm. And we're like, is that from like the edge of the mirror? Like, where did he get that from? I mean, babies don't bruise. They're like little roly polies. Like, oh, so, um, we just, Yeah. I mean, I, I'm obviously like crying and also I, I, I don't know like what to say. The, the only thing I want to say is I don't know if when you're saying this was my fault, this was our fault, we didn't keep him safe. If like, you're really like, you don't really feel that way. Do you? Like, you understand it was just, like, an accident. Like, you don't really... Like, to me, like, when I hear that, like, alarm bells are going off in my head. Like, it was an accident. Accidents happen. Yes, it was preventable. But to be like, you didn't keep him safe. We... Like, that's a lot of... That's, like, a whole extra layer on top of just the fear and the thank God he's okay that you're already feeling to choose to, like put on yourself. Like, I'm, I feel like that's not a, that's not like a you way of thinking. I'm like very, really. that to me seems, cause you're creating, you're creating like a, you're creating blame where there doesn't need to be blame. Like you guys didn't do anything wrong. Yes. The mirror should have been mounted. Yes. It was a mistake, but like, it's a, it's an accident accident, you know, like accident. I guess it's easier to say that when he's okay. You know, like, like it's like at the end of the day, guys, you know, we didn't take Sonny to the hospital. We got every microscopic piece of glass off of him. We made sure he was safe. Um, You know, we checked all his vitals as much as like parents can. um, And he was okay. But like, the only reason why this is an accident is because he's okay. If he wasn't okay, it's like, what were the things that I contributed as a parent? Because like, we are their safety net as parents. Like, you know, my three-year-old daughter and me being the firstborn, always being blamed for my siblings, like I'm really sensitive of that. Like she is not supposed to babysit him. You know, it's not her fault. So my biggest thing is like, there's no blame on Millie, but yes, as parents, as the protectors of this home, as the owners of this house, like there are steps that we took that led to this accident. And yes, it was such a like 
fluke in the sense that like, what are the chances that Millie was like, let me unzip brother and then zip it back really quick. And like, what are the chances that Chris was putting his socks on and saw Sonny right there. And by the time he put his other sock on, like Sonny wasn't in there because we were both constantly looking and not even because of the mirror. Like if we thought this mirror was a freaking big hazard, which we should have, um, we wouldn't, I mean, we're more thinking about like him getting out, maybe grabbing an electrical cord. Um, the master door was shut, but maybe Millie opening it and him going down the stairs. I think that's um, what I mean. That's what I mean though, is it's, it's not like you guys, like you did all the things. Mm -hmm. Like you did all of the things. It was just a fluke accident. He was in the playpen. He was zipped up. You guys were checking. You were both up there. You like you did, the door was closed. You know, like yeah. it, it's not like you guys went downstairs and had a fucking cocktail. Yeah. Like you guys did. We all needed the it after that. Well, yeah. I mean, you should have after that, but like, but I, I think that, I think that what's bad about thinking those things is which things? It, what you're saying, what you're saying almost there, there's like, I, I, I've forgiven myself. I'm not walking around with blame again because he's okay. And I still get to like squish on him and love on him. And he didn't lose his eyesight and he didn't get freaking laceration in the neck or somewhere where he could have lost a lot of blood. But I do think that there's, there's a lot of fault there. I do. I, I think I'm a good mom, but I think that there's so many preventable accidents that can be prevented, you know? And, and that's what I want to talk about today because I know that we've, we've touched on a lot of these before, but these are just always good reminders. Like guys, I'm a second time mom. I've learned from my sister who's been a mom for 12, 13 years, my best friends who've been moms. And you still learn every single day. You still forget, you still end up like trusting your kid or just focusing on other things. And in one split second, our babies can get hurt and you will never be able to forgive yourself if something worse happens. And that's all I wanna talk about is I just want to kind of go down a list of things that I haven't really been taking seriously or prioritizing my time in that are major if that split second thing happens. Um, and the, the biggest thing, you guys probably know this, I hope you all know this, I hope your pediatrician talks to you about this, but the leading preventable death is drowning in our kids. And Orly and I have talked about this in summer episodes and um, no matter where you live, drowning happens, not just during the summer. We, I do want to still get an expert on to just spend an entire episode about this. Um, and so I don't want to talk about things that happen outside our home. Um, like, you know, having those gates and having those sensors on your pool and all the cool things that I know Orly has in her home as a pool owner. Um, even those child rescue courses that you can have your kids to take. Uh, but indoor drowning in bathrooms and toilets is right behind that drowning in pools and big, you know, bodies of water. So keeping in mind, uh, having locks on your bathroom, uh, something that we got for our home um, are those little doorknob locks. And basically mm -hmm. it's just this plastic cover that goes on your doorknob. I'll have a link below and an adult can open it because they just press on the inside, um, but children can't, they just kind of spin around because once your child is around 12, 13, 14 months, they're curious. They now have the strength to pull themselves up. They can walk, they can grab the toilet and sometimes they pull themselves in um, and they don't now know how to get out. Uh, a lot of times they have big sister, big brother's step stool there. And so they find ways to get into water or to burn themselves. Um, so, that, so that's the, the one thing um, with that. But the second one is heavy objects falling on our kids. Um, it happens all the time. And in fact, according to the, C, the Safe Kids Worldwide Organization, a child dies every three weeks from a TV tipping over. A TV is still, and you think we have our, our TVs mounted. Everyone has a TV mounted or it's so high up. Our kids can't reach it or it's on the media console and it's fine. And we're not talking about those big, heavy TVs that grandma had. Like kids are dying from our TVs because they, and these aren't just little kids. So if you're listening and your kids are older, you know, they're grabbing the, the gaming console and they're on the floor. Um, it's hitting them, you know, on their body and it's, and it's hurting them. So securing those heavy objects to the wall. I have some linked below for mirrors, for big dressers. Um, again, not just little ones like I have. 
The electrical outlet covers are big. We have those all over the house. Um, but what's interesting is when, when friends used to come over and they would ask about these, it's not because our kids are going to put their finger in them. You know, so many of those units don't even, um, you know, spark or anything. Like when we were growing up, you can't even get your finger in there. It's for when they put objects in there. It's for when they grab their little metal toy that has like the little pokey thing sticking out. Um, it's for other things. Um, so, so that's a big one. I'd say uh, the, the biggest tip that I was talking to my sister about is if you have young children, go into every room with your significant other and lay on the floor and look around and see how your child views your room. See what hazards, you know, you, yeah. you can spot um, because that, that's major. And, and some of these aren't going to apply to you guys, but I know that some of them will. Window blinds, window coverings, so many kids, kids, not littles, so many young people hurt themselves with those dang window blinds. They somehow get tied around their neck. Um, they're pulling on them. So choose those cordless options. Choose shades that don't have them. Um, choose cords that are inaccessible, that have like a slider on the side, um, gates at the top and bottom of your stairs. There are so many options. And a lot of these you can find used. I love my mom swap that I'm on. Also yeah. the Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, like don't feel like you have to go buy all the things. Um, and you can always get rid of them. You, you know, when your kids are, are done, you don't need any of this stuff anymore. Um, and then the biggest thing that I always talk about, I, I know I could, there's a lot of safety things, yeah. um, cleaning products. I've shared this on Instagram before. We don't keep our cleaning products under any of our sinks. We keep them up high in a cabinet and, and one of the cabinets is locked. Um, and a lot of our cleaning products are like thieves or the vinegar water solution, but we have like the hard stuff. We love our bleach. And so they're way up high. And I always make sure that the tops are locked and they're up high out of reach. So under our sink, you're going to find sponges and gloves and like, you know, paper towels. Um, oh, and then going back to those windows, having your windows locked. I remember when we were touring this home that we're in now, I noticed that there were two windows in Millie's room and one of them is right above her beautiful window seat. And I just kept thinking like, oh, when she's older, that's going to be great. She can look down at us. But right now, like, how can we make that secure? Because my biggest tip as well, when I was doing research for this is making sure that there's no furniture that kids can climb on, mm -hmm. on a second floor or even on a raised foundation home and they can climb out the window. So check your windows, get locks if you need to. Um, sometimes windows have like little keys that you can pull out that just keep it from unlocking. Uh, but I know it's hot during the summer and we love to keep our windows open. And then my last one that I wanted to share that I always get feedback on on Instagram is how we always use our back burners in our kitchen. So we try to avoid using the front burners on our stove and our oven. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And we used to have little knobs on, um, we used to have like safety knobs on our knobs because Millie especially would love to turn them and, and climb up. Um, we haven't had to do that yet, but because um, the ones that we had don't fit the ones that we have right now, but we've been just using the back burners and making sure that the handle to all of our pans are turned inward. Because I remember when I was a little kid, I, I totally burned myself, you know, trying to grab something and yeah, my burn was, you know, superficial and not like a third degree burn, but these are all things that are preventable, you know, and that's just like a quick list that I ran down when I was kind of safety, getting my home safe. Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it's great to, obviously, especially if you have little ones that, you know, like your age, you know, um, to go through all these things. I think the advice of like an every room laying on the floor and looking around is such good advice. I never would have thought of that. Like just getting on their eyesight, what's what's piques my interest down here or what looks yeah. interesting, you know, like if, if you lay down low, you automatically cut out, you know, 80% of the room and the 20% you are seeing looks that much more interesting. And so every little thing is probably calling to you, like the plugs, like the edge of the mirror, going to tap it, like whatever that is. So I think that to me is, is really, you know, the best advice. And hopefully you just go through the process once and then you, can relax because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause I do think like the, 
the way, the reason it stresses me out is like, there's everything. Like you look around, you're like, literally like everything could be a thing, you know? Like if you let your mind go down that path of like what could have happened, what could potentially happen, what, you know, you you can make yourself mad and you can want to put your kids in a bubble. So it's like, there's always something that could happen. So if you can just eliminate the biggest, most obvious ones and then just keep an eye on them, hopefully, you know, you, you prevent a situation where you're feeling like you're feeling you know yeah about- and just not equipped and like there was oversight and even thinking about as our kids are older more into your kids age there were things that my parents had in place that made me feel safe like on the fridge or beside the fridge there was always a list of emergency numbers yeah you know and it was my family members numbers the numbers to all the places that could help us the police the firefighters all of that um and we would always go through a like safety routine and i don't know if it's because my dad's a military guy but we had like a code word that we had to use more than once um and i maybe i mentioned this in a previous episode but if you haven't heard that one or it's your first time listening welcome um one time my mom got really sick in a department store and she kind of just like left us, um, me and my sister, and maybe it was my little brother too, and got really sick in the bathroom. And she had to find someone that works there or someone else found someone that works there to come find us. And they said our family safe word. And I immediately knew, okay, this is a stranger that I can trust. Yeah. Um, when, when we, I I think Brandy, actually, we got to try to remember what else we talked about because there was a, a, we did an episode that we, we never aired, um, where you and I were in my car on the set of Home and Family. We recorded an episode and it was the day that everything got shut down. Like Home and Family got shut down. We picked up the kids from school and we didn't release that episode. I think for whatever reason, there was a, a couple of other safety tips that you had in that, that I'm trying to remember now. Cause we, the minute we got home, we created a safe word. Cause I had never thought of that. And I'm like, that's genius. So we came up with a safe word at that time. And I can't think of if there was anything else, you know, one of the things actually, and, and if we've touched on some of these, you know, it's, it can bear repeating. So, so that's good that we had a situation happen with Blake a little while back where she hit her head wrestling with Connor and came over to me crying really hard. And she was crying so hard that she wasn't breathing. And she was like looking at me. I was sitting at my computer editing. She was standing like in front of me and she was like, had this look on her face. Like she wasn't breathing. She was crying so hard. And she did what looked like had like seized. She looked like she had a seizure. She basically, her eyes rolled back in her head, her body stiffened up, her hands clawed up, her whole body went stiff and she fell backwards, hit her head and her whole body went rigid. Her face didn't look like her face. Her body was like, you know, Mm. contorted. And she basically, I thought was having a seizure and I completely panicked. Mike was not home. I like picked her up and you know, after maybe 10 seconds of it, her body like relaxed and she started crying again. And it was like, she came back, but I think I thought that she had a seizure. And, you know, like I said, this was like, right when things were starting to happen with COVID. And so I didn't exactly know. I like grabbed the kids. we got in the car. I just drove to urgent care because I didn't really know what else to do. And I get to urgent care and there's all these people in line with masks on coughing. And I was like, what the, like, I shouldn't be here. This is like, what am I doing here? This is stupid. I've got both my kids. None of us have masks on. Like, you know, this was early March or, or mid March. And then I went outside and I called Mike and Mike was at work and he texted me back, like, call you back. And I was like, no, call me now. Mm-hmm. And he calls me. And I just remember saying to him, like, you need to tell me what to do. Like, I, I basically had had decided, which was something I would not have thought I was the kind of person to do. I had decided, I don't want to make any decisions. Someone needs to tell me what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not thinking right now. I'm like on the verge of tears. I am feeling really, I'm freaked out what the fuck am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And that's when he was just like, get in the car, drive to the hospital. Sherman Oaks Hospital is on the corner of Sepulveda and Magnolia. Go there now. I will leave. I will meet you there. And like, I did it. That's just what I did. And it, what, it, what it taught me was in that moment, and I don't know if it was this specific time or in general, I did not handle it well. I did not calmly make a plan. I did not stay focused. I panicked. I got emotional. I got scared and I wanted someone to tell me what to do. And you told me 
which to me was such great advice. And we have since done that. Like the, there should be like almost like a plan and a list and the numbers so that in the moment you don't have to rely on yourself to be the person who comes up with the plan calmly, like open the drawer and grab the binder and a, a calmer you on another day has done the work so that you on this day can be as freaked as you need to be. And you just read from the binder and that tells you what to do. And it, to me was such good advice because clearly I needed it because I did not handle myself in a way that I would like to think I handle myself. Yeah. And you know, that's why if you guys have ever taken CPR first aid classes, the first thing that they say is if you're the first person, you are the person that directs everyone else to do things, grab the paper towels, call 911. Um, there's always someone that just has to take the lead and tell everyone else what to do. And it's important. And um, if you guys look down at the bottom too, I'm going to include Shan Tripp's medical emergencies for mama's link. It is so good. She's a PR, um, pediatric ER nurse, PR, uh, and she's amazing. And she offers a ton of resources on Instagram. And she has said she will do this podcast. So we're going to find a day when we can have her on. But yes, it's doing the work when there's nothing scary happening, when there is no emergency. So you've just thought about it at least once. You know, yeah. you've just like posed that question in your head, like, what if this happened? What would I do? And, you know, here in California, we think about that a lot when it comes to California wildfires and earthquakes, or at least it feels like it does. It feels like kind of everyone is like, yeah, I got a bag in my closet. It just like has a couple outfits, has a toothbrush, you know, has some extra food, water. Like we've thought about those things in big things, you know, when big emergencies yeah. happen, but when the little things, when our child finds our Tylenol in our purse because our purse isn't locked or when our kid, you know, is having fun and playing and hits their head and you're like, well, how do I know? He feels tired. Like he's acting like he's tired. Does that mean he's, there's injury there? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is why it's like, you got to do the work and, and at least think about it beforehand. And, and the sharing of stories. I mean, gosh, I learned so much from the story about Blake, because after you said that orally, I learned that seizing is very common in, in fainting. Yeah. And I'm not sure if someone like us that doesn't have like medical background would know the difference, right. but after they come out of it, there are vitals that we can check as moms. Um, where we can make that decision and and decide if we need to go to the hospital or not. And so, yeah, actually, you just reminded me, I, I got into what I learned from it and I didn't finish it for those that don't know so that you can learn from it as well. Exactly what Brandy said. When we went to the ER, they did all the things. They checked her and, you know, they started checking her vitals. They started talking to her, asking her questions, looking in her eyes and looking behind her eyes where they'd be able to see if there was blood and all this stuff. They offered to do a CT scan um, and the, the doctor, you know, basically was like, listen, we try not to do things like a CT scan if we don't need to, because it's a lot of radiation. She's very young. She's going to most likely need some form of radiation x-rays in her life over the span of her life. So we try to limit it. Mike basically asked, which I have now learned is really the key to getting a doctor to tell you what to do, because most of the time they can't really tell you. He said, if this was your daughter, what would you do? And they can, they can answer that. And that's basically the, the best way to get the most accurate answer. So Mike asked that question. He said, I wouldn't do it. She seems like she's okay. And he said, just so you're aware, when uh, people pass out, it can often mimic the signs of a seizure. They can get rigid and tight and they're, everything you're describing is, can be a symptom of passing out. Not always, but very often. And so I had no idea. So when I saw that rigidity in her body and her hands and all of that, I assumed it was an actual seizure. Um, and so for you to know, you know, if your kid passes out and you notice that it's still safest to go and have them checked out, but you don't need to panic like I did because, you know, it could just be that they had the loss of oxygen, their body reacted to it in an intense way. Um, and as soon as they get that oxygen back, their whole, I mean, her whole body relaxed and she went like, she just like, the crying started, you know, like that release of like oxygen and then kind of scared. And she just started crying. Oh my God. Uh, when you're looking at your kid and they don't look like your kid, 
Like when you told me that story the first time, I mean, I was just bawling and just thinking about how Sonny didn't look like himself when yeah. I picked that mirror up off a freaking 12 month old baby. Ugh. He's a baby and flipped him over and he's looking at us like, I don't know what happened. A heavy 20 pound mirror just fell on my little baby body. You know, there's things poking me. I don't feel well. Um, it's scary. It's scary. I mean, I, when I experience stress, because I think I've said this before, I've been behind a car accident, a motorcycle accident. My sister reminded me that one day, um, I was at the grocery store and heard a loud crash and a little brother had accidentally pushed his sister in the cart and she was a baby. And when she fell out of the cart, the cart fell on her hand and took her ring finger off. All of those experiences, I was the first one there. I don't know if it's it's God working through me and I'm just like, it happens that I'm there and I'm so grateful that I am. But I've like held a man's, a motor, a, a man that fell off a motorcycle, I've held his leg and his femur bone with my hands and a towel and everyone drove by except for the person that hit him and the person that hit him freaked out. And I just said, call 911 and that's all that they could do. And when this little girl, this little baby had her finger off and the mom is speaking a different language, I had my boyfriend at the time take his shirt off and we wrapped it around his hand. And the manager at the grocery store didn't know what to do. The bakery guy didn't know what to do. Um, someone, another employee didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to find paper towels. They, they couldn't get me ice. They were looking at me like I was having a problem. I mean, I've experienced these yeah. things where like in the midst of an emergency, you don't know how people are going to react and it's not fair to ever, you know, question or judge that. Like, that's not what this story is about. It's just about that. Like everyone reacts differently. And even if you think you're the kind of person that would stress out, you might not like moms, yeah. we are so freaking amazing. Like that instinct kicks in, like, listen to your gut, trust your gut, you know, go to the ER, go to the urgent care. Like what's the worst case that's going to happen. They're going to say your baby's okay. And you're going to have that peace of mind. But when, when Mr. A was like, we have to go, we have to go now. I was like, no one can help him right now. We can't even put him in his car seat because he's covered in glass and we're going to yeah, create yeah. more injury. Um, man. So I just kept thinking like, oh, am I going to share this? Am I not? And I, and I wanted to, because I want everyone to learn from my mistake and learn from this accident that didn't need to happen. Um, I'm so and, glad you, I'm so glad you did share it just because I think you know, I consider you someone who's like probably the most, you know, the most aware, the most careful, the most focused, the, you know, like that if it, if an accident like that can happen to you, it can definitely happen to the rest of us. So to just be diligent and be aware, how, how is uh, Mr. A feeling? You know, I feel like he was shaken up. I feel like that night we didn't get to like de-stress about it together and so the next day we ended up talking about it and uh yeah I think he's just like I'm so grateful that it happened that he's okay that nothing worse happened um and his takeaway was like we can't trust her we can't we you know we can't trust them and it's so like what, so what happened exactly I don't think we got to that so, so oh. how did Sunny get out yeah. So as Mr. A is like yelling, like, Melly, did you take him out? How did yeah. he get out? There's no way you got out. Um, as you know, I'm standing there holding him and we're kind of bringing him away. Melly goes, I let him out. I unzipped it and zipped it back. I mean, she just, she took him out. She was like, he wanted to get out. Sonny didn't want to be in there anymore. Um, and, and what's crazy is she literally zipped him out and zipped that thing back in. I mean, it was like mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like how did he get out of there? There's no way he climbed out of there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm sorry. So I cut you off. So, so he uh, afterwards just so appreciative that, that everything was okay and kind of learned the lesson. I think his that. thing was like, we can't trust that our children are thinking about these things that grownups are, you know, like, mm -hmm. And, and my sister, you know, I thank you for all of the kind words you just said about me being careful and focused, but you know, my sister reminded me the other day, and this is why I love our relationship because I want to learn. I want to be better. You know, she is like, you're, you're a pretty lax mom. You're pretty laid back. You know, I let Sunny climb. I let Millie go on her scooter and sometimes she's far ahead of me. And, um, now we've stopped doing that unless we're on a trail because someone could be backing out of the driveway. You know, we let her, um, we let her do a lot, you know, and she reminded me like, 
if Nellie's still a baby, you know, if Sunny wasn't around, she'd be your baby. She'd be your little, your little baby. She's three. She just turned three. And so there's this fine line between being this Montessori mom that wants my kids to be independent and have autonomy and be fearless and brave and climb up the loft at the cabin, you know, and, but then there's that other side, like, my husband is like, no, my brother fell from there when he was little. I don't want Millie up there yet. She's not old enough. Um, And so he has to kind of bring me in because I want that freedom from my kids, but there's also that safety. So um, I'm like everyone else (laughs) make major mistakes. And I definitely wanted to share it because if you guys think that about me, please don't. I'm human just like everyone else. And we're all just like trying the best until something happens. And then we learn to be better. I think that's such a good, um, uh, like representation of the conflict. I think that, uh, parents experience, especially now, I feel like our sort of generation is, or at least I feel this way, really struggling with feeling like we're overprotective of our kids, where our kids aren't going to be self-sufficient. We're so on top of them. Oh, when I was your age, I was walking to school on my own at four. You know, like we hear these stories from our parents and our grandparents and we see the kind of, you know, like Mike tells me like his parents both got up and left for work when they were little, left the house empty. And the neighbor who was 13 at 6.30 in the morning would walk over with a key, get them ready for school. But they were in the house alone for probably like two hours before that happened. Like now, I mean, I I would, like, I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine doing that, you know? And we're not talking about them being that much older than my kids are. Like, it just was a different time. So I think we get caught between these two worlds of, I don't want to be so overprotective and so like, you know, helicopter mom yeah and like millennial mom like there are no no's let's redirect their energy and like all that bullshit that sometimes I'm like no sometimes the answer is no you know like you just want to be like you know can we go backwards a little bit I think we're going so forwards that we're doing a whole other set of damages but this is where I think the two sides conflict yes sometimes they need freedom and yes that means there are more opportunities for scary things to happen. And that's, I think, a really emotional, uh, mental tug of war and struggle to say, of course, you know, I can't think of everything. If I did, I'd lock my kids in a bubble, but I have to think of some things. I have to think of the biggest things. I have to think of the most obvious things. If we're going on a walk and they're up ahead of me and you know, where we live, there's not only driveways, but in certain, in certain streets, there's alleys because the garages are in the back of the house. And so it's like, there's an alley cars come ripping out. They don't expect anyone to be on the sidewalk because Mm-hmm. the suburb and you know it's like every once in a while someone's walking it's not like a busy city street so those are the things that we can know okay that anytime we go on a walk that's no matter what that's going to happen you know so it is it is an emotional tug of war and I think like it's probably going to be one of the most frustrating things we're always going to deal with is this wanting to sort of be freedom and experience and make some of your own mistakes and learn from those. And also my job is to protect you and make sure that those are measured mistakes Mm -hmm. and measured lessons. Fuck man, it's not easy. I know. No, I was just going to say that. I mean, we just, at the end of the day, we have to keep our kids safe. That's the number one. So keeping our kids safe is number one. Um, but letting them, of course, be kids. Like I always say, let them be little, let them be little, let them be, li- be little, let them get muddy, let them explore, let them have adventures, let them have fun. You know, sometimes I'm like, nope, she's being a three-year-old. Like, let them be kids, let them yeah. be kids. But of course, like our job as parents is to be the grown up and keep them safe. Yeah. Oh, Brandy, thank you for sharing it, man. That couldn't have been easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad I didn't cry because I already cried enough thinking about it, but yeah, that image is still in my head and, oh, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. Mm. Yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Well, um, guys, if any of you have some tips, safety tips that we didn't cover that you think would be really helpful, you can either DM them to us at Momhood Show, or you can start a thread on our Facebook page. If you just search Momhood, you'll see it's a private group. If you're not already a member of the group, just send a request. We will uh, confirm you right away. And you can maybe start a thread and we can start having people, you know, either attach some resources or some personal stories, some lessons that you learn so that, you know, more people can can share. Because if Brandy's story is going to help people, yours definitely will. So make sure that you share it with us on all those places. Um, you know, that would be 
beautiful. Yeah. And are you hosting happy hour in two days? I am hosting happy hour. I'm trying to figure out if I want to have a guest or if I just kind of want to like hang and let people ask questions and talk, see if any of our momhood moms want to just join, like send in a request and just join. So I'm kind of feeling it out. I, I think you should. A couple weeks ago, that's what I did. I made this like really easy snack and I talked about, you know, the previous week's episode and it was fun. Like a couple moms joined me and yeah. relaxed and easy. And I think you should. Yeah, I think I'll do that. So I'll put, maybe I'll put something out on the, um, on the page today and see, you know, let people know in advance that way, if they do want to join, they can put their concealer on. Cause I'm so tired of moms say, saying like, no, I'm not like- ready. <laughs> I, I, by the way, so random, but as you said that, it just reminded me, um, I have a last minute product that okay, sure. totally not related to today's episode, but, um, as you just said, concealer. So I saw this really funny TikTok video that was to see if there's, um, the Tarte Shape Tape, which is that like concealer that everyone's obsessed with a dupe for it. And this girl was so funny. So I just like, I fell in love with her, her, like her attitude, her personality. She was hilarious. She kept calling it like a, she was calling the dupe, like a girl. She's like, she put it on. She's like, Oh, she thick. And started like patting it. She was just like, I loved her. She was so funny, but I, I, I was a sucker and I fell for it. Of course, you know, and I went to Ulta and I bought it. It's elf cosmetics. It's called like 16 hour camouflage or something like that. Um, and it is an amazing dupe. I don't have the tart, but I have one that I really love from Longcomb and it's like 26 bucks or something like that. And I love it. It's amazing. It's my absolute favorite, but I did one on each eye and I tried it throughout the whole day. And I mean, either there was, did yeah, yeah. I did it for myself just to see if it like really worked, if it looks good at first, but then it creases. It was identical to the point that I, at the end I was like, maybe the elf one is better, but I can't (gasps) like, it was either that the elf one was better or they were identical. I couldn't tell, but just a heads up, you really are going to want to go into like an Ulta because the colors don't, the names of the colors aren't really accurate. They're much lighter than they seem. So the box I got said like medium beige and it kind of looks like olivey, like more my skin tone. But when you look inside, it's super, super light. So you want to go and kind of like test it before you buy it, but it's only $6. So I was what? like, oh, it's six bucks. <laughs> I know. Okay, it's, I was not expecting that. Yeah. What? It was so good. So I'm like, dang, like for that, I mean, hello. And it really, really was a legit dupe for like my one that is expensive. Well, also, I like that because I end up using concealer to like highlight my nose, you know, to ha- put highlights above my brows on my Cupid's bow. So, like, to have something that's $6 that I can just kind of like go crazy with. I know. I know. Oh, that's something I'll definitely get. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. And then I guess I'll say now, if you guys didn't catch, I did a YouTube video uh, last Friday that was all my hair hacks. And it is such a fun video. I did everything from like how I make my eyes look like twice as big with these two eyelash hacks. I did my eyebrow hacks. I show how I do like a fake blowout, how I do DIY dry shampoo, cover bald spots when you put your hair up and you get that little bald spot, or at least I get by my temples. Um, I redid the heatless curls for those that didn't see um, that Instagram video that I did, but that's on my YouTube if you want to see it. Really, really good, simple hacks. And then I just did a couple of my favorite products um, at the very end, which I you know included the links for and stuff like that. Yay. Yeah, it was yeah, super no. fun. I love that you did that because people always ask you, and even though you're such a fashion stylist expert, it's like, just give them what they want. They want the beauty blogger in you. Um, Wait, let me share a a product that I love. So this beauty counter counter time Supreme cream, I ordered that when we did a live with Megan Gilly of beauty counter. Um, And I don't know if this is a dupe for La Mer, but- It is so, so it says supreme cream and that is because it is so supremely rich and (laughs) thick and like deeply hydrating. I've been putting this on um, every night before bed. It's just super thick. Supposedly it it, um, gets rid of wrinkles. It firms your skin, you know, gives you like radiant use. But I do feel like I've seen a difference in my skin. This is like one of those things that Um, I've always been looking for a nice, thick moisturizer to use because I love my oils, but there's difference between like moisturizing and hydrating. And I wanted something that could just lock it in, you know, so I put my oils on first and then I put the Supreme cream on. Yes. It feels so good. Like 
I feel like my skin has just been like thirsting for it. And it also has the natural retinol in it, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I, I've never been able to use retinol really. Cause the, when I kind of discovered it and was interested in it, I was pregnant with Millie and then yeah. I was breastfeeding and then pregnant with Sunny and breastfeeding. Um, so anyways, it's from beauty counter. I've been loving their stuff. Uh, you know, plant-based natural skincare, nice and clean. So I'll have the link for that too. If you guys are looking yes. for a new moisturizer. Gosh, and that name yeah. is like so fabulous. I know. I feel like it's I just so want- thick, like the way that it feels in the skin. It's also, mm. you know, an experience. Like you want the products that you put in your skin to feel good, good for you. Yeah, I love when we talk beauty. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. It's so fun. That's one thing that when you did that live with Megan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher whatever the, the date was. But the biggest thing I took away from it was I could not believe she said there has been no um, change in regulation in the beauty industry products since like 1914. Something insane. When you think about the fact that like, I mean, almost a hundred, like think about what were the products. There was probably only like four products back then. (laughs) Like when you think about the amount of growth in that industry and that there's been no regulation. I mean, I'm actually nervous for the day where there is. And all of a sudden, like every, I have to throw away everything. Cause right now I'm just like blindly pretending that they're not bad for me and I'm using whatever I want. (laughs) I know. And it's hard. Like I've been slowly making that switch. Um, they have like this no, what is it called? It's like they never use. There's like over 1,800 yeah. ingredients that they don't use. Um, and what's sad is like everyone else isn't using these products. But of course, here in the U.S., since it's not regulated, um, but it's baby steps, baby steps. Because I've talked about my Honest Mascara that I like that I swear still does a really good job for every day. Uh, so, yeah, it's just little yeah. things, the things that yeah. you use a lot of. I like it. Oh, all right, guys. Well, we will see you at Momhood Show for happy hour Friday, 3.30 Pacific Standard Time. If you want to join me, get your ass ready and join Yes, me. join. It's so fun. I'll be with Orly right in the beginning. We'll both be making cocktails. And then whoever is watching, just hop on. Even if it's just to say hi, introduce yourself. I mean, you don't have to be on that long, but yeah, yeah. Um, we love seeing your faces. I mean, this is such a community and it's so great when we get those messages, but it's nice to kind of hear the voice and see the face behind these DMs. So um, totally. we love you so much, moms. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.